0: Hello and welcome back once again to the Exposure Ninja High Performance Digital Marketing Podcast Extra. This is a little bonus podcast where me and Tim chat about some digital marketing related thingies and also um take some questions from our live stream. And today's topic is marketing budgets. How you should be how you can get max results from your marketing budget in 2024 and just kind of chatting about how it's not one size fits all and never will be. Tim, hello.
1: Hello, Jess. I'm really excited about this topic. Obviously, this is the the time in the year where people start thinking about next year's budgets. If you're keen, then you're thinking about it now. Otherwise you're probably kicking it down another month or two, but it's a good time to start planning and working out where you're going to be allocating your budget. Uh, like Jess said, there is no single right answer. So what we're going to do today is share our approach, and the, some of, the, some of the, the principles, I guess, that we apply when we're allocating a client's budget ourselves to different digital channels. So if you've got any questions or you want to brainstorm your own particular situation, then just hit us up in the comments and we'll do our best to do some live examples as well.
0: Absolutely, yes. And if you're watching on Catch Up, you can leave a comment still down below and we'll do our best to respond. Or if you are listening to the podcast, feel free to leave a question in a review. Hopefully a glowing review. Fingers crossed for that one. So what we're going to start off with is discussing how much the typical marketing budget is, because this is a very, it's a difficult question to answer. If people are like, how much should I be spending on my marketing? It's definitely not, we can't just say, oh, you should be spending this many thousand pounds because it's very, very different depending on the size of your business, your goals, and things like your amount of revenue, too. Yeah. Um. Tim, I know we created a recent video about this about three weeks ago, and you actually looked into some studies by Deloitte into sort of the average amount of of budget that people were spending on their marketing. Could you yes. share a few of those details with us? I could us?
1: indeed. So there is a Deloitte study. I can actually share screen or I've got it. Oh, fantastic. This- um, the sort of the slide uh, that they used. I mean, long story short, the budgets change massively. So, Deloitte surveyed, I think, 141 different businesses across different industries. And their goal was to understand what proportion of revenue and also what proportion of uh, total budget, you know, total expenses in the business were given to marketing. Um, So I think I can add that in here. So this is a fairly, I'm I'm going to read out the numbers for those who either don't have 20-20, 100-100 vision or or who are listening to this. But what what we can see from this is that the range of revenue spent on marketing varies wildly. So average percentage of revenue spent on marketing is 8.56% of revenue spent on marketing this varies though so some sectors like banking finance insurance and real estate the mean was 15.86 percent whereas in energy albeit on a sample size of one (laughs) the percent of revenue was 0.1 percent um transportation also very low percentage at around 3.59 percent so the percent of revenue that people spend on marketing obviously does vary. Anything where you've got one company spending 0.1% and another company spending an average of 15.86% means that there is no right answer. But the average seems to be between sort of 5 and 10% for, for most industries. And then if you're in a competitive space or you're in a space where you know marketing spend just tends to be higher, like, for example, in insurance, where these companies are spending a huge amount of money to try and get new customers because a new customer can be very profitable and this is a very consumer facing business, then obviously those those budgets are gonna need to be higher. So like Jess said, I think the proportion of your revenue that you're spending on marketing is gonna vary based on not only your revenue and the space that you're in, but also are you very small going up against much larger competitors? Are you targeting super growth? You know, we've worked with clients over the years that have been spending 50%, 100%, even sometimes more than 100% of their revenue or marketing because let's say they're investment backed and they're just in the process of getting as much market share as possible. So it's all about how fast do you wanna grow? And I think making sure that your ambition matches with the budget that you've got allocated. If you're going up against very well established competitors and you're expecting to spend a much smaller percentage of your revenue than they are, and you're much smaller in your space, obviously that's not going to work. So it's about being realistic and of course, finding the best use of the budget that you do have to allocate.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important for us to talk about our next part of this topic, which is how to allocate your marketing budget and actually put that together because. Like Tim said, yeah, okay, the average is 8.7, just as a blanket statement for any company, but there's gonna be all these different little things that are going to play into that, whether that's, you know, you're thinking about opening a new office, well, that money's got to come from somewhere, or maybe there's a new product launch, so you need more marketing spend this year. And to help you with that, First and foremost, you need to be setting goals, which I know every marketing video that you've ever watched says set goals, but it's because you need goals. You need to have like a North star. You know, you need to have a reason, sort of something to direct your budget towards because otherwise you're gonna have a pot of money with sort of no plan. And it's just either, it's all gonna get spent on the wrong thing. It's not gonna get spent at all. And also having goals and understanding what you want to achieve will help you secure that budget from whoever it is in your company that you need to secure that budget from. Um, The way that we tend to sort of help clients set budgets and figure stuff out that way is having a main goal that is like, what do you want to do? This year, which could be like increased revenue. That's their main thing that they want to do, but also understanding that there's sub goals in there as well. So, like I said, focusing on new launches, et cetera. Tim, what are your thoughts on kind of setting setting goals when it comes to sorting out market, marketing budget?
1: A lot of businesses will if if we if we've got a marketing manager who's listening, a lot of businesses will have the goals sort of set for them. And hopefully these are revenue. Those are our favorite sort of goals to work from. Um, as an agency because we can quite clearly measure against revenue and it's, it's a very sensible goal to have and then you'd work back like you say to have sub goals underneath that so if revenue growth is the main target and maybe there's some sort of financial target we'd then break down okay what needs to happen with the number of conversions in order to get that revenue target then from there what needs to happen with the traffic volumes and the conversion rate and then we can start sort of cascading those goals down and work out which channels are going to be the best use of that budget in order to deliver that revenue. Let's say that you've got a huge revenue growth goal, um, but you've got a very limited budget. And then when you work this out, actually the most that we can pay per acquisition is gonna be X. Well, that might rule out some channels. It might force you to you know, rely heavily on organic, whereas maybe an alternative world where you have a huge revenue goal, but you have a good size budget, and you can see that actually we can get customers at this sort of price and that's achievable with a bunch of paid channels you can then direct your budget into those channels knowing that we have a high degree of certainty we're going to be able to hit that so your the importance of goals isn't just for this year it's also to help you then go back next year and say well we're able to hit our goals with this budget if we want to increase those goals next year then we're going to increase the budget you know accordingly so don't just think about this year you want to be thinking about how you're going to sell your uh, your bosses or whoever on increasing the budget for next year absolutely
0: Um, yeah and I think um in terms of when we're talking about like speaking to bosses and stakeholders like I think it's so important that you ensure the goals are realistic and honestly don't be afraid to push back a little bit like obviously don't just say no we're not doing that but if you have evidence to back up let's say your boss says oh you know we really love twitter slash x you know can we do a load of twitter advertising and then you look at the data and you see actually twitter hasn't been converting very well and content has been converting super well or google ads have been converting super well then you need it's best to have that kind of in your corner um and kind of know what objections might get raised that you can say oh actually that money would be better spent elsewhere or if you want to do that then we would have to increase the budget by this amount so i think um i think those are really really important tim i think we've got a couple of questions about goals um, that we could we could dive into
1: yes ed has asked a great question do you advocate for advocate advocate do do you encourage bottom-up goals based on expected conversion rates through the funnel then having that conversation with finance I think that there's two ways of doing a marketing budget. You either get fed down a goal and a budget and someone says, just sort of go with it. Or you start from a sort of zero based budget where, you know, in a, particularly in a, a smaller or newer organisation, there might be actually no allocated marketing budget and it's up to you to sort of uh, fight your corner and, and, and see how much you can get. I think that type of approach we would use in both situations. So, if someone comes to us at Explosion Ninja and says, you know, we've got this target with this revenue growth, we would then work out, okay, what is your average order value? What is the conversion rate on that landing page or whatever? And then we would look at that for different channels. So, for paid search, for example, we have a, a, a sort of an ROI calculator that says, here's the the revenue that we need to hit, here's the conversion rate, here's average order value or client lifetime value multiplied by average order value. Um, Here's the conversion rate that we'd need to hit. And then we look at the end and say, all right, is this actually gonna be achievable? So that's one way of sort of stress testing these goals and working out, is this gonna work or actually is this not gonna work? And then you can go back to finance, like you've said and say, well, you want us to hit this, this revenue target, but based on our conversion rates, we're not going to get anywhere near this. So either we need to figure out how we can increase those conversion rates. We might need to look at, you know, we might need to even go back to products and say, what products can we sell that's going to help us monetize some of these leads that we're not monetizing effectively because we've got low conversion rates through the funnel? Um, or, you know, do we just need to increase the budget? So, yeah, I think you'd use that approach, whatever, whatever angle you take with this.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's important to note before we move on to the next steps that um, you might set goals at the start of this process. And then by the end, you might be like, okay, these need adjusting, we need to move some things, we need to move some things around. But this also kind of alludes to the main company goals that have been set and if you're finding that these goals aren't being set and you need them to do your budget the best thing you can do is speak to the people who should be setting them and say you know we really need to kind of move this along obviously say that maybe in a bit more of a professional professional way (laughs) Um, moving on to the next topic which is analyzing your current performance with low-hanging fruit so this is stuff that you can sort of improve for fairly cheap and fairly easily so this could be for example traffic and conversions there could be areas on let's say your website that could a couple of tweaks could really improve this or you could have some google ads running where a couple of tweaks could really like really really improve this i know tim you tend to sort of look at look at the analytics and see which channels are sort of performing poorly what kind of things would show you that a channel isn't doing as well as it could be? And how would you use that to sort of influence the budget?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think the the danger is that you say, well, you know, we got however many leads last year for this budget, so we're just going to double the budget and we're going to double the leads. When actually, like you said, there could be some real low-hanging fruit in there that could get you a good portion of that way or even all of that way without increasing the budget at all. So the first thing that we'd want to do would be just a sort of sanity check the, the, the campaign and the key sort of crunch points that we're expecting. So we'd be looking at analytics, looking at site-wide conversion rate across a whole bunch of channels, talking about digital marketing specifically here, but looking at the conversion rate across all the channels and saying, okay, does this actually, you know, does this make sense? Is this within the ballpark of what we'd expect? You never know if the conversion rate's really low across all channels, then maybe the best thing that you can do with your budget is plow half of it into a new website in Q1, knowing that that's gonna improve the performance of everything. You know, if the website's really letting you down, it doesn't really matter how much money you blow in other channels, you're always gonna be firing at like half of your uh, half of your potential. So looking for site-wide conversion rate is the first thing. And then just looking across each of the channels, are conversion rates stacking up? Do they match up? Some channels are gonna have lower conversion rates. Organic socials are gonna tend towards having lower conversion rates. That's just the nature of that channel. Um, Organic search may have a low conversion rate if you're getting a lot of informational traffic to content pages, or it may have a very high conversion rate if you're mostly getting ranked for commercial terms or branded search. So it's sort of, there's no sort of one answer here. It's just looking at each channel and saying, do the performance metrics of this specific channel make sense? Um, If no, is there anything that we can tweak, change, or even just chop out a channel entirely? You get some people that are just totally wedded to the idea of one particular channel because they just believe in it passionately. There was a, you know, it doesn't happen so much these days, but Facebook ads, lots of gurus saying, you know, Facebook ads are everything. And we used to get lots of clients coming through that would be just so wedded to this idea of Facebook ads. You look at the data, it's just not working out for them. And, you know, maybe the best thing that they can do is just chop that budget out and go and put it somewhere else that's going to make a bit more financial sense. You know, you've got this other channel over here that's performing really well or has the potential to perform really well. So let's just straight away reallocate some of that budget and that's super low hanging fruit. So. And I don't mean to pick on Facebook ads specifically. It can work fantastically. But the first thing we'd want to do is just that sort of sanity check. And, and that's a, one of the things that we do in the free website and marketing review is just analyze, does it make sense what's going on at the moment? Or is there just a small tweak that we can make that gets you a good portion of the way there?
0: Absolutely. And if um, if you want to request a free website and marketing review, you can do so at exposure slash review. Um, Tim, I think you made a really, really great point about... Um, you know, this kind of wanting to stick with a specific channel. And even though it's not performing very well, we're currently sort of brainstorming a video about getting buy-in from um, maybe your senior leadership team. And there's often can be some kind of disconnect there where somebody might be really passionate about a platform, or maybe in the early stages of the business that that channel was amazing. And now it's just kind of not really as current anymore. I can imagine there was probably quite a few businesses that did really well on Clubhouse during the pandemic. And now I can imagine, you know, it's quite quite been quite hard for them to think, yeah, they don't have that channel anymore. So I think it's very, very important to come with that evidence and say, look, we've been, we've been running, uh, we've been doing loads of organic posts on on Twitter, like you asked, or like you said would work, or like you you want us to do. And um, as you can see, compared to our um our podcast, you know, it's doing nothing for us. If we could redivert that that money into the podcast or even redivert it into testing a new platform or a new channel that's worked really well for competitor, um, then you know, you can get a lot more out of it. So just make sure you come with that that evidence because sometimes people do have that personal connection to a platform, as silly as it sounds, you know, lots of us have our favorite social media platforms. I love TikTok, but it's not necessarily suitable for every business you know so um yeah make sure you kind of come with that with that evidence if you do want to sort of target that low hanging fruit and um and chop it occasionally from the said tree said fruit tree um, <laughs> and, and, and they're sorry yeah. to
1: jump in jess but there are there also channels nice. that don't get much attention right you know if you watch a gary v video you know you're going to be posting all these tiktoks every day and stuff but he's never going to say what you really need is a really clever browse abandonment sequence via email marketing, right? Because it's just not sexy. It's not fun. Nobody likes to learn about that stuff. And it's all sort of old and boring. Whereas the ROI on that activity is colossal, because you can spend amount of budget once setting that up. And then it's just part of your machine that just keeps churning and working every day. And, you know, unsexy channels like that don't get much attention. And you're probably not going to get you know, the CEO of the company who's just been on some LinkedIn course and decided that everyone needs to be spending all their time on LinkedIn probably isn't going to go on the email marketing course, which says you need really robust indoctrination sequences that are working in the back end invisibly because no one's selling that stuff. But actually, if you look at the ROI, it's going to be huge. So, yeah, like you said, just bring the data and don't just look at what the upside is. Look at the cost of fixing it. You know, I was talking to a client yesterday they're getting loads of traffic for some of their key pages, but some of the conversion rates on those pages are pretty low. So their question is well, what, what, what traffic do we need to get? I'm like, well, let's just test the CTAs on those pages, right? That's going to cost you nothing. You could yeah. do that in half an hour right now. Yeah. And you might be able to double that conversion rate and you're not gonna have to spend any additional money on traffic. So this thing about looking at what you got and just sanity checking it and saying, right, are, are there any like visible leaks before we start pouring more budget in? I think is really important
0: absolutely yeah because that that said budget could be used for testing new things trying new stuff out so yeah very very important that you do that next up our very good wonderful friend competitor analysis which is super 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 important and i know it is challenging to sort of figure out how much your competitors are spending now there are some tools that we can use to um to check that but before we get to that there are other ways that you can check this without using any tools. For instance, if you go on their social media and you see that all their images and all their videos on their social media are super high production value, you know, you can tell that they're, they've put a lot of effort in, that also is likely to be a lot of money. You know, think about, are they actually paying a professional for this content? Are they, have they filmed something big budget? and then that can give you give you some insight or if they're just kind of posting Canva templates which actually we love Canva, Canva's amazing, but maybe you can see oh okay to compete with them we just have to be a little bit better and you know use Canva in a much more original way and not just using a standard template. Um, You can also make these same sort of they are assumptions um, but they will help guide you you can also do this with their with their website so for instance if they have a lot of blog content that's got great images you know is nicely set out just looks good you know that there's being time and therefore money put into this you know that the research is in there you know that they're spending the time to find good information they're not just pasting something a little bit subpar um you know into into wordpress and just being like okay there you go um you can kind of make the assumption that they are putting some good money behind their blog same as if their website looks great you know these are all things that you can kind of use to like i said you are making assumptions you're not going to get exact numbers but it's less about oh they're spending 10000 pounds a month on on ppc or on their social media but you can see okay they're spending more on this area than we are on this area or they're spending more on this than they are maybe on email if you sign up to their mailing list um i believe tim has some has some tools to share with us from semrush um semrush itself and then another one called Ad clarity potentially which um will show you a little bit more about how you can get slightly more accurate numbers now just to point out these tools are collecting data and then they're also making assumptions but it can be nice to have these numbers in front of you just to kind of give you a little bit of an idea of what um what your competitors might be spending so yeah tim if you want to tell us a little bit about the data you can find in semrush about competitors and how that can help you with your budget
1: yeah sure so i think semrush is obviously good for search um so you can see you can get an indication about how much traffic they're getting from organic search and you can go through and have a look at the particular pages that are that are ranking for those phrases. And even though that's not gonna show you budget, that's gonna show how much resource they're putting behind this. So for those who are listening, I'm just in SEMrush now, I've just stuck in a domain. Um, I've just clicked on organic research. So I'm now looking at the amount of traffic they're getting uh, across all of the different pages on the site. And I can start to see, right, In this case, this business, they're spending a good amount of money on high quality, um, you know, informational content. And they're doing this because they want that informational traffic. So I know that they're putting some serious budget behind this. All of the content pretty much that's ranking and that's getting them the traffic is this type of informational content. So they are, you know, this is a core part of their strategy. Um, This isn't the sort of thing that happens accidentally. I can also have a look at the amount that they're spending on, um, on PPC as well. Um, and I can get an indication about how much they're spending on their Google search ads by location um, and you know where they're allocating that budget. So are they spending it on branded search for example? Are they spending it on generic terms? and how well might that be working for them? So you just you're doing this to work out like what are the main buckets they're putting their budget into? Um, there's also a great app inside Semrush called Ad Clarity as well, which gives you an indication about how much they're spending on. Uh, oh, I'm in the wrong account. I don't have access to this. Um, if I'm in the right account, then you 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 type in your competitor, and they will and, and Ad Clarity will show how much they're spending on social. On um, video ads and also on display ads as well. So you can start to work out where are they spending their money. Now you don't necessarily want to copy them. You don't necessarily need to spend the same amount, but it just gives you a feel for particularly if you know that they're smart and you know that they track and that they're a good growing company. Let's let's not reinvent this stuff. Let's not, you know, reinvent the wheel. Let's just piggyback on their experience and what they've learned about this and say, well, if they're spending all of their money in, you know, search organic and paid search we should probably do that as well whereas if they're spending all of their money on paid social well maybe they're doing that because that makes sense to do so it can influence your choices about sort of which buckets you put your money in
0: absolutely yeah yeah I think um it's something that gets missed off a lot when people are doing budgets and I think it's actually think about all the things we just discussed there and all the sort of you know insights that we gleaned from that. Like, I think it's, yeah, very, very, very helpful. Next up to talk about is your marketing priorities because everybody has different priorities. These should be based on your goals, but sometimes they're not. And sometimes it can be hard, especially if you've kind of gone with the same budget or focused on the same things every year, it can be hard to reprioritize. We have this totally silly meme to show you where this person, quite an infamous twitter user is saying you know they're spending $200 on food $150 on data $800 on rent $3,600 on candles and $150 on utilities and they say someone who's good at the economy please help me budget this my family is dying somebody says spend less on candles and they said no um and I think there could well be some marketing budgets that almost look a little bit like this where they're spending a lot of money on something that they're reluctant to let go of but they don't really know why it's just Mm. the thing that's always been done maybe you've inherited your marketing position from somebody else and you're in a position now where you're sort of able to take control of that budget and kind of you know put your own spin on things and you've realized that yeah we don't need to be spending $3,600 on candles it needs to be going on something different you know so there's two sort of areas that we tend to talk about um, when we, when it comes to like how you prioritize these channels. Um, The first is large flywheel channels. So Tim kind of talks about this earlier. This could be things like, you know, setting up email automation or doing SEO or building a content strategy that take, they take longer to get going, but once they're spinning, they get loads and loads of momentum. Now this kind of thing can be a bit scary if you haven't done as much of it before simply because it takes that little bit longer and so if you've got people kind of looking over your shoulder breathing down your neck where's the roi you know this can be you, you kind of just have to sit there and be like i promise it's, it's gonna happen it's gonna happen uh you know put all this effort in it's gonna happen um and they kind of have to sort of sort of trust you the um the smaller f- flywheel channels are the ones that are quick and easy but kind of tend to lose momentum if you stop them. For instance, like paid search, paid social, influence marketing, some kind of emails. So that's like if you're, you know, broadcasting like individual emails rather than the automated stuff. Um, live events, telemarketing, that kind of thing. We're not saying these are bad by any means. They are not bad by any means. And it's super important to have a collection of like large flywheel channels and smaller ones. You kind of need both of those to make the magic happen. Um and figuring out your priorities can can really really help with this you need to sort of you know have a look at how many small channels small flywheels do you have how many big ones do you have and make sure there is a good balance there tim do you have have anything sort of to add there uh
1: yes someone's asked in the questions any advice for a one to two person business with limited time to spend on marketing and all the research required i i think this is the same answer really for businesses of any size. There's gonna be more that you want to do than you have the budget and resource that, to be able to do. The same for absolutely any business. No matter how much budget we think you know, Coca-Cola has, for example, ask the people in charge of marketing, what stuff would you wanna do if you had all the budget? They would give you, a, you know, a super long list of all the things that they just don't have the budget to do. So I think recognizing that you can't do everything is really important most businesses that are in digital they're either search first or social first and having some investment in that large flywheel which is the organic visibility makes sense so if you're a social first business having some you know having enough budget allocated to building your organic social visibility and working with influencers to funnel people back to your core brand pages so you can build an audience there is going to be really important but like you said jess that's going to take time and it's going to feel like at times you're not getting any roi from that but you've got to know that this is something that we're building this is part of our longer term strategy if you're search first then the equivalent is of course building your content strategy and building some visibility and seo so then you have those uh, smaller flywheel channels which are the things that you can turn up and down according to demand according to seasonality things like paid search or paid social or influencer campaigns or broadcast Uh, someone explained the um the, the the sort of metaphor of like you've got a jar and you're trying to fill it with rocks right and you've got big rocks and you've got small rocks and i think having those big rocks that you put in the jar first like your main core channels your search your social um, your community building or your podcast or your video or whatever putting those in first and then working out what your supplementary channels are that you're going to be able to dial up and down throughout the year makes a lot of sense and that seems to be the behavior that we see consistent with the brands that grow the biggest is that they have some core channels which they know are going to be pivotal to their to their budget every year. And then they have a bunch of other channels, some of which they've used before, some of which they're running tests on. And they're using that to sort of deal with the day-to-day fluctuations in in traffic, or not day-to-day, but month-to-month fluctuations in traffic and leads. And they're sort of dialing them up and down almost in real time to make sure that they're on track to hit their goals. So I think you're going to have to compromise. It's just making sure you know which are the core channels that you're not going to compromise on uh, or you're going to compromise less on and then making sure everything else fits around those big rocks.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You may run into a thing where you're going to have to condense your channels. And I know it's very tempting to say, oh, but we need to be everywhere. But it's much better to be in less places that, you know, work for you and that are a priority and that help you hit your goals rather than trying to do reddit advertising just because you hope that someone might see you on there um it's also important to know as well that your priorities every business is going to have different priorities it's really not like some exact science there's no formula and you may find as well that something that's the highest priority might not actually need the biggest biggest part of your marketing budget Like, which can always be a little bit, a little bit confusing or feel a little bit like wrong. But this is the same thing that we talked about. This low hanging fruit is actually maybe CTAs doing better. CTAs is your highest priority, but it's gonna take a month to sort all the CTAs on your website out, and not a lot of money. Whereas maybe paid search isn't your highest priority, but you're gonna have to spend money to make money with that one. So yeah, it's very much it very much varies business by business, but as a general rule you're probably going to be spending the most on your highest priority stuff but in some cases maybe not i could feel yes. the feel the comments coming <laughs> for that one um so the next part of your um your budgeting strategy i suppose we've really turned this into into kind of a strategy here is um reviewing and adjusting things as you go you're never going to get things right dead on the first time especially when you're planning for the year ahead because you never know what's going to drop I think we definitely did not expect ai to take off quite in the way that it did in 2023 and who knows what's next in 2024 maybe some maybe voice search is going to have its day um but for now you know we don't know and we just have to make the <laughs> tim shaking his head he's like voice search never going to have its day um but things change all the time and that means that your budget might need to change as well. I like think maybe some wild billionaire is going to take over your social media platform that gets you the most traffic and then you're going to have to make some changes, you know, can't really predict that. So um, yeah, there's there's lots of different things that might change where your money goes.
1: Yeah. And I think in inside Exposure Ninja, how we, how we manage this, because when we're working with a client, although we might have a 12 month plan, and we might have the allocation of all the budget decided across all the different channels. When we're actually running the campaign, it's not just the case that well, we're just we you know, we've decided that. So now we're just going to run it, whatever happens, screw the data, we're on this, we're in this direction, we're looking at things every quarter. And each quarter, we get all of the team together and say, Okay, based on the projections based on the ROI of each of these individual channels, and based on, you know, the, the the sort of momentum that we've got in these channels, where does it make sense to reallocate budget? Does it make sense to have the budget split out how we have, or is actually we're seeing really good traction with one one channel, so we're going to put some more budget there? Are we seeing less traction we'd hoped with another, so we're going to move it out there? So. I think it's really important to be dynamic and flexible with this as well. And of course, make sure that you're looking at the data. You don't want to be too reactive. That's why we look at it quarterly rather than monthly, because quarterly allows you to see a trend. Whereas monthly, you know, you may have just had a bad month. It may have been summer holidays, you know, whatever. You know, may have just taken over Twitter. Or, you know, you, you don't want to be too reactive and, um, and kill things too early. But at the same time, you don't want to be too slow and wait until the end of the year to make some changes that actually you saw coming in Q1. So I think it's really important to be responsive, not necessarily just too reactive, Uh, but you, you need to be tracking all of your performance on a channel basis, obviously. And then most of the time, you're gonna have sort of breakdown inside that as well. Maybe a paid search, you're gonna be breaking out branded search versus non-branded or branded versus informational versus commercial. And you're gonna be looking at performance of each of these over time so you can reallocate your budget too.
0: Yeah, couldn't have said it by myself. Totally nailed that, Tim. Uh, I think that's all we've got time for today. But we shall be back next week talking about how to do B2B marketing that dominates in 2024, which should be should be a lot of fun. And if you're listening to this and you think, I'm not a B2B business, come anyway, because there's always things that you can learn. And I think thinking about things from a totally different perspective is super, super inspiring. I love watching videos about you know businesses that I wouldn't normally be in a situation to market just because... It makes me think about things in a totally, totally different Mm. way. So, yeah, definitely, definitely recommend everybody coming to that one. Um, If you haven't already, hit like on this video, hit subscribe, share it with your pals, share it on LinkedIn and say, this podcast was amazing. I learned this. That'd be really cool. We'd really like that. Um, And if you haven't already, request a marketing review from ExposureNinja.com slash review. Any final thoughts, Tim? No. No. That's it. (laughs) That was a full stop. That was a no. We shall see you next week. Enjoy. Enjoy the rest of your week. Hopefully it's not as rainy where everyone is as it is here. <laughs> Bye everyone.